I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So I opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are on there. We're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the brakes when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because, like, I, I'm hard, I'm heartbroken. So, Ron, it's well documented that you're Tipperary's all-time top scorer. You scored 21, 368. Uh, phenomenal shooting altogether. But JJ Delaney did a tribute. Um, show with me here two weeks ago and I thought it was an interesting um, comment he made about you and I was asking about I was asking him about the hardest or dirtiest opponents that he's ever faced and do you know who he picked? He picked yourself and Henry Shefflin. I don't know if that would surprise you. It, su- definitely su- <laughs> it, de- it definitely surprised me but here's what he said. He said the two of them would just fight tooth and nail for the ball. They didn't mind if you wanted to go dirty, they'd go dirty with you. If you wanted to hurl, they'd hurl as well but they could give it and they could dish it out and take it. Well, if you want to put me in the same league as Henry, as Henry Sheffield, I'm happy enough with that. But, uh, <laughs> that's, that's an interesting comment from JJ. But look, I think that's, you know, I suppose that's, I'd probably say the same about marking JJ and definitely the Kenny team I would have played against. That's the way I had to approach. And I suppose that's probably the way I approached hurling in general, even from a young age. And I don't know what that was. Maybe it was from where I grew up. Mulnohan would say, like it's not as if we're blessed with with unbelievable hurling talent. Every team nearly had a sprinkling of a couple of good players. So I suppose when you were going for the ball as a young young kid, like maybe under twelve, fourteen, and that, you might probably have to tussle against three or four opponents on the other team, win the ball, try and score, lay off a pass. So you know, maybe sometimes that's what can bring that hunger to win possession in a player. Like I suppose in our club, on the home, we would have seen that with John Lahey. We were junior. 1989, they won the county junior final. Then went up intermediate, eventually got senior in 1993 in the floors. So he had a sprinkling of a few good players around him, but he was probably playing alone low and himself, really winning possession, scoring. So maybe, sure, when you come from a small club, maybe there's something you, you just do automatically. And it was probably a good trait to have carried through into, into the senior, inter-county scene. But definitely when you get to that level, it's... Um, so it's cutthroat business, really. Like you do yeah. anything to win possession because it's the hardest thing, and it's even harder now. Nowadays, if you get the ball, you're swarmed by about three defenders. And yeah. you see that with the, the the top teams. So actually, I don't even know do you want the ball now. Whereas before, <laughs> you'd win the ball one on one, and you know you, it was beat your own man. And so it has even got harder for individuals to win the ball. So I suppose that's the mentality that you would have you would have came with, and you know like. The primary possession is what you would have always heard when I went into the very dressing room. It was win your own ball, primary possession. That's key. Like, and you know, days that you came up not doing well, why you weren't winning the ball, and it's simple as that. But you know, like when you asked me the question and when you got your answer from JJ, that's maybe where it, yeah, that, that might have come from. Like, you know, without even even thinking about it, about that's probably you no, know, but uh, 
it's 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 interesting to hear him say that. But what what like I mean, I think it's because you scored so heavily that people probably didn't focus as much on you know how tough a competitor you were. Like Don Cusack said, you're one of the most aggressive forwards I've ever come across. He was a ferocious tackler and competitor. You know what I mean? Like I mean, I think maybe because again you were scoring spectacular goals and points that people maybe overlooked, or maybe I did. Maybe hurling people know you know know you well for this, but maybe just from a personal point of view, might have overlooked your aggression and you know your your ability to win your own ball and and tackle yeah well it's probably the dressing room I walked into like Nick English was the manager in 2000 and when you think about it Clare was an obstacle for Tipperary the previous couple of years before that and when I walked into that dressing room in 2000 we'll say you know what the Tipperary players had been training savagely it was all intensely driven it was really going to war to be Clare that was before you even probably thought of playing any other team because Tipperary and Clare drew each other in the championship 1999, 2000, 2001. And Clare, I suppose, when I looked through my early days of my career, it was definitely bogey teams. And Clare was a bogey team for Tipton. We hadn't beaten them, we'll say, in 94, was it? 97 to beat Tip twice. Yeah. Monster final, all Ireland final. 99 after replay in Cork. Now, I wasn't involved in those. But there was a massive rivalry there. And I even heard Anthony Daly talking about recently. So that's probably the direction I went into under the management of Nicky English that it was fight tooth and nail, it was aggressive, it was high intensity, big on tackling, hitting. So that was the training we were doing to match Claire's intensity. So I suppose adding, adding on to being younger and having to win your own ball when you're here in this in the dressing room, it probably was what you probably didn't, you thought this is it, this is what yeah. you're expected to do. So that's probably, for the want of a better word, that's the apprenticeship that you served. Like that's the way you were reared in, in, in Tipperary Ireland, you know, and um but like that is the nature of the game, especially in the forward division. Now I know it changed as years went on under the likes of Amy Shea's coach and you know, that way with more movement and off the ball running and that, but definitely in the early days it was um you know, but it's so hard. Like you might only you might play seventy minutes hurling, but you might only get on the ball six or seven times. Yeah. If you don't do something good with those six or seven times, you're after having a great game. So you can see how precious it actually is like, you know what I mean? Getting primary possession was gold, and but the next thing then was probably letting your natural instincts kick in, kick in then. But uh, you know, you just have to bring that level of aggression. I I would have thought anyway. Yeah, I'd say you enjoyed that level of aggression. Or like you're built like a tank. You know, as comparison to Lark Harbour, for example, who would have been speed and avoid that physicality. Maybe you can you you probably enjoyed it, did you? I probably did, but it's not something I would have went in for in my early days. I found as I kind of got older. And me could probably slow down a bit more. I probably be, it nearly was more a part of my game. Like, you know, I'd nearly even say I ended up marking JJ Lee or Jackie Turley in the O10 All Ireland final because but he was a guy that was dominating coming out with the ball. And I had 14 on my back that day, but I actually started coming up forward. And I must have been GD someday. He hardly put me in there to mark Jackie. He could have had, like, <laughs> you know, like Lair and Noel McGrath and John O'Brien, these guys were more movement and, and scoring and scoring freely and that. But, um, you know, but like definitely, I suppose, you know, you probably would have enjoyed it, definitely. And I suppose, it goes back to what I said to you, like, you were coming up against Frank Lohan, Brian Lohan, you know, these kind of guys, Shawnee McMahon, all these guys, like the physicality they brought was massive. So they were the first, like, league final in 2001. I think I ended up marking Brian Lohan for a while. 2001, the Bunster semi-final knockout. Remember that was knockout, Mark and Frank Lohan. So, you know, I think you had you had no other choice but to get down and get dirty with those guys and and get stuck in. And 
you know, that's the way I suppose even as, as you got to latter days of your career, the intensity and the physicality like a Kenny came matched, you must say, by then, the unbelievable skill they had. Yeah. You know, you probably felt, felt that was the only way to survive in, in this business. Like, Yeah, you mentioned Kilkenny there. So you got a bit of an education in Kilkenny, well, a literal education in Kilkenny. So you went to Kieran's College, you won an All-Ireland uh, Colleges um, in 2000. So Jackie Terrell was on it, Tommy Walsh was on it, Brian Hogan, you were on it, and Brian Carroll was on it for Offaly. How did you end up going to Kieran's uh, College? Yeah, I suppose it's gas. Um, I was in uh, school in Scoran, Kilnall. Like, you know, we were good Ireland teams and that. And I think what wet my appetite was I went to uh, an All Ireland college, the semi final in Central Stadium. Callan CBS were playing St. Flannans. And Callan CBS was in the road. So I'm not sure there was one or two guys from Mundahorn on the panel. Maybe there was no one. But previously, Mundahorn guys would have went to school in right. Callan CBS and that. And just the atmosphere at the game was unbelievable. And I remember saying, just love a taste of this like just the, the drums were playing we'll say just the, the the noise level from the supporters from both sides like it was just it was done it was incredible like you know so I think that whipped my appetite and so you went there colleges. you went there for fifth year and sixth year just then was it fifth fifth year and sixth year that was it I finished out my leave in certain St. Kieran's and you know it was probably just um, at that time then the colleges games were beginning to be TG Carr were beginning to show them on TV and that and Oh, you remember sitting down around April watching St. Coleman and St. Kieran's and Wafers Lock Ray were playing in the finals against Flannans and you know the 16 or 17, 18 year olds were like you'd love to be part of this so you know it was a big hurling school so I made the I made the change but definitely I, I really enjoyed it and I didn't regret any day of it and you know I have some great memories from my, my two years in St. Kieran's and you know even on the hurling front then it was so we were very successful. We got the two All Ireland Colleges finals. Flannels beat us in one in two thousand, and we are in ninety nine, and we beat them yeah. in, in two thousand. And so the caliber of players then that you were playing against again, we'll say was so it was something different. It was a new experience, but it was definitely something I I, I enjoyed and did did did. did they definitely let you know the odd time that you got your hurling education in uh, <laughs> St. Kieran's. I'll tell you what, one or two, but they show you how to drink a pint to it there. But yours was great. <laughs> It was it was great fun, and you know, I made good friends in there, and who were relatively successful. And I remember we beat Dublin College in two Leinster hurling final, finals as well. And when you look at it, then even you know that was probably the start of Dublin maybe making uh, strides towards you know, coming to the top table in the hurling. And they probably did. They won a college all Ireland final in two thousand and five or six. And, you know, a few of them then end up going on to the senior team. So it's you know it's amazing the the caliber of guys you were playing against. You know they went on to the onto successful winning teams as well with Dublin but definitely great times in, in St. Keynes and as yeah. you said there played with some of the best players probably that ever ever wore the, the Kilkenny jersey So you would have had to make a fair commitment to go to Kieran's because I was talking to JJ and he lives on the other side of Kilkenny and I said why didn't you go to Kieran's and he went well I would have had to get up uh, to, to get the bus at 8 o'clock in the morning and I didn't want yeah, to No the boarding school was still there when well, you I went in there so yeah, so I bored. So I think, I don't know when that finished up was around 2007. That was 99, 2000. So, you know, midlife way easier than that. And I enjoyed that as well. Look, it was something different. And um, so look, that sorted out on the logistics side of it. Right. So did you have an appreciation for Kilkenny then? Because I know people from Mullinahone and that side of Tip, you know, close enough to the border with Kilkenny, there'd be a big hatred there. Like, would you be, you wouldn't be able to, would you be able to get into that kind of rivalry or would you be like, I know the Kilkenny lads are all right. You know, I know, I know some. Yeah. No, you see, like, like I wouldn't have been the first guy to go to St. Kieran's either. Like Kai Vahana, who captain Mullinahone to only county final in 2002, went to St. Kieran's, you know, even on the previous teams has 
William Maher from Ballangarry Donna Kafahi staying married to Clamel so there was always tip guys kind of boarding in Kilkenny but look at the time I suppose Kilkenny they hadn't been that successful at senior level you know from 93 to 2000 they hadn't won in All-Ireland um, you know so I suppose they probably weren't one of the, the top dogs around those years you know that was being shared between the Clares the Wexfords the Offleys and that but definitely um, you know like the rivalry wasn't as hot then as it right. went on to be then kind of from 2008 2009 2010 on but you know like it didn't play for any much in the championship We're between 1991 and 2002 I think was the next time to play and so you can see it wasn't massive but then it went on to become massive rivalry and so we were living on the border here and Joe was great banter but uh, not so not so good after getting defeated by them so many times but you know look it was it was great fun but you know, when you're a player you obviously stay out of that but look you can enjoy it maybe a bit more now and that but look you'd have great friends in Kilkenny and it's funny, I'm unknown. If, if we we're on a night out and let's say we're going to town, that means we're going to Kilkenny, like you know, and you'd often meet right. the players who would have played against him there and that, and the guys who went to school and that. So, you know, there was, um, I know it was, it was great, but definitely you would have been hearing the stories of the, the tip Kilkenny rivalry as we were meeting Kilkenny in the finals in later years and that, you know, so it, it heated up then and I said. So you mentioned, like, obviously you finished your career against Kilkenny. And it was in 2014 after the replay. In, in, like, after such an unbelievable career, Owen, like, is it fair to say it was a disappointing kind of way it, it ended? You know, I keep bringing up JJ's two weeks ago. He finished with an All-Ireland win. You know, you finished not an unused sub for the replay that she lost. Yeah, I'd agree with you, Willie. And look, like, we would have loved, there was a few of us would say we two All-Ireland, we would have loved to win a third, and I was one of those, and you know, you would have loved to win in 2014 and, and bow out after winning all That would have been a dream, but, you know, it just didn't happen. And I suppose the first day was definitely a day that we had seven goal chances. We only took one of them, you know, so we had chances. But then we find ourselves four or five points down with a couple of minutes to go. I remember I got into the action then, and then the famous Hawkeye incident. And I suppose yeah. if I got a euro for every time someone told me, why didn't you take the last three? I'd be in Barbados talking to you now, I'd say, Woody, but like, that was it. So, would, it, it, so what's your answer? What, what's your answer when they, when they say to you, you would have had seniority over bubbles. You could have taken that if you if you pulled rank. I'll tell you, I probably was a bad sub because I didn't know the stage of the game that it was at. Like, you know, like, I probably wasn't used, to, and this might sound a bit funny, but I wasn't used to coming on maybe as a sub. Yeah. Like, so kind of came into the action and I probably didn't know the clock, where it was at and, was the last puck and genuinely I think I was talking to Jackie Terrell for that three and he was saying if this goes over now that's it and I was probably saying just know there's a couple of minutes left here you know the way you're not looking right. at the clock you don't know where you maybe are yeah right, obviously you know you're coming on with five minutes to go but you know, you're probably not used to it and it's probably something you could pass on to, to definitely sub it out when they come on to be ready be prepared because I probably wish I was more maybe prepared but I definitely think looking back the right man probably hit it on the day because Bubba was actually on form. And, you know, I've seen him in any of the All-Irons he played against and Kenny. He's played brilliant. He nearly says his best performance for those days. And he had probably got us back into the game. He had scored three or four points in play. So, you know, he, he felt good at the time taking it. And look, if there was no Hawkeye, the crowd nearly had it roared over. Might have got the benefit of it out. I don't know. But look, technology... Um, won that one for Kenny we'll always tell them but no look it was uh, look the replay then when you're kind of the underdog going in you only get one chance but uh, look it would have been a lovely way but I do get a lot of people I meet and they talk about that they'd always 
always say to me maybe there's just been nice or something but you know it's probably something it would have been lovely and you're right Willie like it was a disappointment not to uh, finish winning you know finish up maybe winning another All-Ireland like but suppose Kilkenny got that luxury that day and Henry signed off with his 10th medal and and Jay just sent off that day as well. Like, so yeah, with his ninth one, yeah. I suppose from captain him in 2010 and then you played 11 and then kind of injuries and stuff, you know, you couldn't get a good run at it then after that, could you? No, that was it. Like, you know, like my career was, was funny in a way. Like, you'd look back and you'd always remember what you lost, we'd say. And we lost a lot of finals, monster finals. And then lost the four league finals to Kilkenny, three All-Ireland. So... You know, we lost a, a, a lot and probably when I would have started out, probably Waterford was an obstacle, a team we couldn't get over. Like they beat us in 02, 4, 6 and 8. Cork then, that brilliant team was there in, in 04 and 05. Yeah. We struggled to beat them. You know, then when obviously we came and got out of Munster, Kilkenny was their obstacle. So obviously, as I mentioned at the start, there's always bogey teams nearly there for us. Even in my younger days, mine on under 21. God, we beat us in two All-Ireland semi-finals minor and under 21 and beat us in a final minor All-Ireland final so sure, there was a couple of teams like when teams get a win over even underage they kind of carry that through to senior level so sure, we had a lot of kind of going up had a lot of barriers to break down before we even got to contest in All-Ireland finals and that you know but because look Munster was dominated by Cork and Waterford between 2002 and 2007 you know they won uh, Munster finals each year um, along that time and then Kilkenny sure were there with that incredible team but between 10 and 14 yeah there was a lot of disappointments there Willie and we played in a lot of league finals obviously a couple of All-Ireland finals and you know 2011 would have been a lovely All-Ireland to win after winning in 10 you know it would have been nice to do back to back because I suppose what do you say good teams win All-Ireland great team win maybe back to back or win a couple of All-Irelands and incredible teams like the, the Dublins the Kennys and the Kerrys this world they win multiple All-Irelands but yeah you know, I don't it, want it, to have been great it can't all be doom and gloom. Like, I mean, I, I'm sorry for starting off on a bit of a bad ending, but like yeah. 2010, you're lifting the cup on the in the Hogan stand after stopping the five in a row with your fiercest rivals. Like, you captained the team for the three years under Liam Sheedy. Am I right? Like, how did that conversation come about? You know, he obviously identified you as the, as the you know, the, the leader of the team. Yeah, well, in 2008, Paul Ormond was the captain. Lockmore had won the county final in 2007, but he wasn't getting his game, so... I was kind of the on-field captain, let's call it. And then in 2009, I wasn't the captain. Willie Ryan was the captain from Tumi Bar, but Willie wasn't playing. So, you know, it was kind of... The captain right. thing then changed. I got lucky, like, the rules actually changed. And they scrapped the county champions having the captain the year after. I think Kilkenny might be the only team that keep, um, keep that yeah. tradition. So then I suppose, um, you know, probably had tasted in 2008. So I remember Liam Sheedy called me aside and said, look, we're, we're running with you as the captain. How about that? And sure, sure you were thrilled because you know, it was it was a massive honour. Um, and that was the first time that the manager had the choice to pick his, his captain. So, and look, when it works out, it's a great decision in that, you know. But it was, it was we were part of the journey then. And Liam Sheedy often said that. And it definitely was because we got to the semi-final in 08, got to the final in 09, and then to win it in 10, like, you know, we weren't talking about stopping to get into five. No, it was really to revenge the year before when we felt we had really performed, missed chances. Yeah. You know, and that regret was kind of there. But I think we, we put that to bed in 2010 then. You know, we did perform on the day and the chances, the goal chances we got, we scored them. 
And, you know, it was that was an unbelievable day, 2010. And, you know, Liam obviously walked away. So, but to win a second All-Ireland was unbelievable because I suppose you won one at the start of your career, the next one coming towards the end of your career. But definitely 08 to 10 was, it was something special, you know, and you have to go through that to understand. I think all the squad of players, whatever, went through those couple of seasons would, wouldn't say any different. But it was great then, you know, to captain the team was, was something special. And then being from Mulnohone, South Tipperary, nobody from South Tipperary as well had captained Tipperary to All-Ireland, you know, success. It was, you know, it was extra special. And, you know, as I said to you, maybe the start of our conversation where we came from in, in Mulnohone, like, you know, it's, was predominantly a football area and then John Lahey got onto the scene and Snow Hurling is is very strong in, in the village there now and it's um, it's probably part of a great story as well. And were you jewel then in Mullina Hole as you were coming up or was it just because Lahey had increased the, the profile of hurling you, you you started hurling? Yeah, no, we were jewel. We played senior in 2001 but we were both senior. Yeah, we played senior football for a good few years as well but Kind of was only taken back two years, you know. It was kind of the hurling was was priority, um, so that was kind of it. Yeah, but one on one play hurling and football, and we contested the junior monster club final last year. Oh, you did is right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and two thousand six, then we contested the monster club intermediate football final. So uh, Milltown, Castlemaine beat us and Miguel last year. So we, we got a nice lesson of both those Kerry teams. But no, so football is very strong. And look, it's kind of when the hurling finished with the club. Everyone knuckles down to the football then, and you know it's a bit more easy going. And you know, but uh, great footballers in Mullen Horn will able to play. Sure, any hurler can play football, isn't that it? <laughs> what, what, what do we say about footballers? Guys are not into hurling, not right? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Come here, you mustn't have thought like you won in All Ireland in 2001, and then it's two, you did you went through the whole year unbeaten. And then it's 2010 before you win another one. Like, I mean, it's your only your second year in 2001. Surely you were thinking, geez, throughout the noughties now, I'll get three All-Irelands anyways. You were. You definitely were. It was 19. Um, you say we went unbeaten. But there again, I said it to you like earlier on, we met a couple of teams that were just probably getting to the peak of their power. That was Waterford. That was Cork. So we ended up probably from 0-2 to 08 being the third if not the fourth team in, in Munster you know and we just couldn't get a victory over the Waffords or the Corks like and you know they, they had super teams and they went on to show that um, so I suppose every year you know 2002 we got the semi-final Kenny Beater then Nicky left as yeah. manager he had given four years and he kind of had built a team from 98 when he went in which ended up winning the All-Ireland in 2001 which was so that was un- unbelievable but we were only 19, 20, 21 but as each year then kind of success wasn't coming you were probably losing a bit of belief and you know, it was getting harder because you weren't reaching even the latter stages so you know you were going to all in finals and it was like it was you know alien stuff like you were wondering how would you even prepare for an all in final and that's the way it was yeah probably and then the management was changing nearly every year or every second year so there was no continuity there and you know, there was a lot of changes then and probably takes the manager a couple of seasons to get in and put his, his stamp on the team. It's not, it's rarely a manager comes in and clicks the fingers maybe and you win the other that season like, you know, but, um, you know, so it was disappointment and then when you look back probably to very minors and under 21s probably weren't winning all Ireland finals. Might be getting to the odd one but Kenny kind of were, were beating them in and you know, it really didn't look bright for us 
and we probably didn't even know at the time <clears throat> until the 2006-2007 All-Ireland minor winning team and I'll keep referencing those yeah. those players turned out to be unbelievable and still are players for Tipperary and that's probably what uh, in the last decade probably lifted Tipperary's first uh, both on the pitch and off the pitch you know they've been incredible but it was you know it was it was heartbreaking those couple of years been beaten in a couple of finals and we got to the Munster final in 06 and Cork beat us and Cork were probably going for three in a row that year and you know we they were probably still better and more experienced but we probably felt we didn't perform great that day and you know, with the pinch uh, Munster final there we might have got something out of those barren couple of years, but it wasn't to be. Yeah, it wasn't to be. You mentioned Nicky English, and he joins us on the line now. He's the man that gave you your debut. It was nearly as a goalkeeper, Nicky. Yeah, I was hoping it wouldn't be, but it nearly. Yeah, on the day it nearly was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was very diff- different times back then. You had to name six subs. It was very awkward, actually. As, as when it, anyway, that's an aside. One of the biggest changes in in hurling during my period as, as manager. Was the increase in in the in the panel and and the number of players who could actually um, use on the day and that that actually was a big help to to Tipperary at that time and and certainly to me. But, so, um, so yeah, Owen would have. <coughs> I don't know whether Owen was on the panel for the <coughs> excuse me for the Munster final in two thousand, but uh, after we were beaten by Cork on on, on that day, and um, so we had three or four weeks to, to prepare for, you know, which was a, a backdoor kind of quarterfinal um, game with Galway. And um, we kind of, <laughs> we, we had levelled off really, to be honest, and Deccan Ryan was injured at the time and he was a huge loss to us. And um, so we were looking around for something, something, something a bit different, but like Owen was, was really very, was, was a minor at the time. He, he was very young, but at the same time, we, we, I can remember him, my first memory of him is, is not really uh, in in a match situation underage, really, but just when I saw him in Turles in, in probably the first night he came in training and, you know, it was half in goals and he was half out the field. And But I was I was just impressed by his, you know, his physical um, development for a young fella and also like how, how, how basically ready he was to play and how experienced he was and, and coming into the setting in Turles really didn't... Uh, you know, against players who were much more senior. Some had, you know, the likes Lahey, the likes Dick and all. They were all our middle holders. Conal Bonner would have been on the panel at the time. Um, you know, he nothing phased him really. Yet. So, yeah, he was... Then at that stage, I decided one of my mad ideas, I had plenty back that time to... um That, that it was possible to, to, to use him as, you know, either a sub goalkeeper or you know bring him on out the field and Owen didn't know the second bit of it but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least I don't think he did so come here I didn't go on I didn't because I remember the Saturday night before that Nicky we were staying you were staying in, in Finchtown house and Declan had to do a fitness test and I remember you got Declan and you called me out of somewhere to know what I retrieved the ball for Declan and Declan was shooting the ball over there I don't know did we go to a local pitch what I remember, Declan... Yeah, we went up there to Luke, the ball. Luke, Luke, Luke and Sarris was actually up there beside us, yeah. I was behind the goal and I was panned out because I was in under the ditch getting the ball, hitting it back to Declan. I was absolutely wrecked. So that's what I'd done the night before my debut, but I, I little did I know that I'd be coming on then for a couple of minutes the day after. Where did the goalkeeper thing come from, Owen? Like, I mean, no offence, but you might, you're, not the ta- you're not tall enough to be a goalkeeper. 
No, I, I played minor in goals for Tip in, in 97. Fergal Horgan, actually, the current referee, yeah. was suspended. And he was back for the Munster final. So he ended up coming out field. And then I was playing a small bit, I suppose, for the club in goal, too, the odd time when the keeper would be injured or whatnot. And then when Nicky called me in, he called me in as, like, I remember the first night I was in goals. And um, the odd night then you'd be outfield. So it was kind of double job. And so I suppose I had the experience with the Tipperary Miners and that was probably it I'd say Willie. Right okay and Nicky like I mean you're trying him half in goals half outfield but you would have known this fella is like a phenomenal forward coming up through the ranks. Yeah but I we really had only I mean you, you can be a phenomenal forward coming up through the ranks but you know ultimately you still have to you know like when you when you can come in for a couple of weeks in Torlis and, 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 and train with the senior team and show well in as a forward in those training sessions at that age, well, then you're, there's very few can do that. You know, I, I actually, yeah. if you think about mo- in, during my um, lifetime with Tip, most of the, the guys who played three years minor, now own at least played three, he might have played four, but most of them didn't go on to make it because, you know, traditionally they'd been, they would have been earlier developed and big, strong guys who then wouldn't work so, so well on their, skills because their physique and their power would actually get them through, you know, their underage career. Yeah. And as, as everyone else develops and catches up, well, then they'd level off. And, 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 and by and large, most of those guys didn't make it. Whereas, you know, Owen had, you know, he, had, he, he, he wasn't bigger than the rest. You know, he was, he was, you know, smaller in, in many cases, but he was very physically strong, but he had the skill and he had the attitude and he had the, you know, the belief, uh, which, uh, you know, to, to actually get him started off, even in those those first few weeks in, in Torless with us, you could see that he was he was going to be special and, and it was only a matter of time from from my first time seeing him until, you know, we did give him the debut in um, in, in the game against Galway. That, what's think... interesting about... Go on. Like, I know you asked Owen there about the, being the sub-goalkeeper, but the sub-goalkeeper I'd have had in the Munster final was actually Declan Ryan. So he didn't, <laughs> and, and very few people would have known that, you know, so that's that's just because if you have only six subs, rarely is the goalkeeper going to get, get injured. So now you you only have five subs. Now, if it went wrong, which like if, if on that date was okay because if it went wrong, Owen was nominally the sub-goalkeeper, but if uh, if it had gone wrong in the months of final and Brendan Cummins had to go off, well then certainly if as they turned out they were beaten and I had Declan Ryan coming back out centre forward to win the goals. Now I did mad things with Declan in my time, but that would have been <laughs> all. Ah, well you knew him well. Like, you, so well. You go back years and he would have forgiven you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's but anyway that was my that, that was the kind of the balance the risk balance I I, I thought was 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 maybe better to try and hopefully, I mean, Brendan Cummins was an outstanding goalkeeper and, and pretty durable, really. And uh, so it probably, uh, you know, I think maybe it was still mad, but it, it, in my mind, tilted the balance towards going for without a sub-goalkeeper. Right, right. In, in, in a way, Owen, that little bit of a taster against Galway gave you that bit of experience because then in 2001, you were able to hit the ground running. You know what I mean? Like your first game, I think it was against Clare, um, was Ollie Baker up upended you and you just took the shoulder, bounced up off the ground and kept going. You know, it seemed like if that had been in your debut, maybe you might have been a bit more nervous or, you you know, you mightn't have played as well. Yeah, that's the thing. You had made your debut and that was it in 2000 and... You know, I suppose you were back into the pre-season train and then in, in 2001, which, as I said earlier, was fairly 
Joe, there was was fairly brutal. Like it was fairly high intensity training, the level we were training. So that was your first introduction to that. So, so that would have really whipped into shape. But I do probably remember the league matches that year, kind of even. So there was a couple of younger, uh, young, I was younger lads on the panel, John O'Brien and Larry Carver. I remember even they were kind of getting their game, and you were, you were kind of wondering, just where are you and all this? And then we were going up to Derry, and you know, you were coming on as a sub there, and a few of the lads were on before you. And you know, so I suppose. I got my first league game against Cork, but then it was all teed up for the, the league final so we won that. And then the championship, as I said to you, was knockout against Clare. So, you know, that was a game like that was, was just, that was probably one of the most important games I'd say we, I would have ever been involved in. And I'm sure Nicky would be same even for his management side because, you know, Clare were savage that time and it was only a point. We only won by one point. So, no, but as I said to you, Ron, we were, and I was physically prepared for what Clare were, were going to be bringing and that was from the train and that we had done, been doing and um, you know you just you had to be ready for that but that was a, definitely a baptism of fire as you said Is that something you focused on in training? I saw Owen um, talking about your training I know Brian Cody's famous for putting the whistle in his pocket Nicky but I think Owen was talking about John Carroll hitting him and you telling him to get back up off the ground Yes I don't, I, yeah, I don't actually remember that but I mean, that would be yeah I suppose there wouldn't have been there wouldn't have been. I wouldn't. I mean, you're either injured or you're not. Would be the kind of the the way I would have looked at it. But um, yeah, no. It was like I suppose there was a lot of hurling was much more um, in that period. It was. I mean, there was an awful lot of physical intensity and yeah, you know, probably mistakes and you know, like at the time, if you, th- you think the scoring, uh, you know, Clare had a, you know, they were, they they were around nineteen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty points for a number of those years. And if you could, if you could get into the twenty in, in, in that particular time, if you could get into the twenties and score, you know that was going to make a difference. And you know, for the for the previous few years, we just didn't, you know, we weren't we weren't scoring enough really. And that, like the, the match I referenced earlier, the Munster final, Tommy Dunn scored goals from the middle of the field, but but in our forward line, we probably just weren't we weren't scoring enough, and we felt that we needed to. And that was great then that Owen and Larry were coming along and, and John O'Brien, you know, they, they, they gave a great freshness and a great bit of, you know, youth and fun to the whole thing. And, uh, yeah, they, but they were, they were scorers as well. And they, and they had, you know, particularly Larry had great pace, but Owen had, you know, he, he wasn't slow now, but uh, he, he had great, he had, he had great presence and he had great skill. And, and, you know, it's like Owen took the freeze in that first year. Yeah. That was unreal. Yeah. Like a, like he was just, you know, it's it's like that's that's some baptism to come into that, you know. In in you know, we played Clare in the league final as well in Limerick, and they were real, you know, ferocious battles at the time. And you know, you had Brian Lowe and you had Frank Lowe, and they were superb um, in the full back line. And probably Brian O'Halloran maybe as well at, at that time. But they were very strong, tough men, and you know, very experienced at the time. So it was a, it was it was some baptism of fire, and, and I can really remember that. Um, when Owen got the ball or we went to the ball and both Johnny McMahon and Ollie Baker, you know, they both hit him and welcomed him to Munster, the Munster Championship. But he, you know, he got up and, you know, was able to get the ball in and, and subsequently a few minutes later, very shortly afterwards, got a free from the far side, which wasn't an easy free and, and nailed it. And, you know what I mean? I think from for most people there at that match, you know, they you would recognise in that passage of play that, this is someone you were going to be watching for a long time, really. Yeah, and he definitely was. Were you happy enough to take the freeze on? Like, were you were you nervous over them being so young? 
No, I probably wasn't, to be honest with you. Um, like, Nicky actually relieved a lot of pressure on me out in Douglas that day. We were uh, warming up there. We used to go there for a warm-up, and I remember in the restroom, he just just come over to me, just said, look, he says, them freeze today. Now, he said, he, he probably won't remember. He said, look, I don't care where they go, he says. Just get your technique right. Get the lift and the strike, he says. And after that, I don't care where they go. And, like, to be honest with you, that definitely relieved a lot of pressure off me and that was in Douglas before we got on the bus to head over like a guy could come over to you and say to you know make sure you're steady up on those freezes we can't miss any of those that'd be adding pressure but he just said look look get your, get your technique right I don't care where to go and he just walked away and you, a small word like that and you know that's probably what you can pass on to players now from your, your experience then you know a small word like that uh, just relieved all pressure but um, it ended up being a low scoring game so I suppose every score was crucial that day I think it finished something like 16-15 but so as I said earlier on it was one of the last of the knockout games really like you know 2001 and uh, point in it we went on and won the All-Ireland you know and you know it was a hard game because we had played Clare a month before that in the league final and beaten them and usually then a team had that extra bit of hunger to turn you over but so lucky that day we, we came out on the right side but it was uh, so once you get your first game first 70 minutes out of the way then you love it and you know, you want more of it and more of it. And you know, it was the, the build-up then was the thing to the games. It was three-week build-up. We were then in the Munster Finals. So I suppose all that was a new a new experience when you're playing. I'd been kind of on the squad the year before, so I saw it on the extended panel in the 2000 Munster Finals. But, so it was all new how to deal with, uh, with the big day and all that. But, um, you know, we, we beat him then in the Munster Finals. So I went on to win dollar, and so it ended up being a great year. Well, what's it like? And this is a question, I suppose, to the two of you. I'll start with you on. What's it like being the main man in Tipperary? You know, the main scorer, the main forward in attack. Like, I mean, what kind of pressure is there? Because I know your supporters are are fairly demanding, to put it put it uh, lightly. Yeah, um, see, I don't think you would have been going out every day thinking like that. You see, I suppose when you're a free taker, it's a job that you have, and it's nearly a job that you have since you're you're underage days. So the main man seems to be in all these teams. You can nearly say he's a free taker. TJ Reid takes the freeze. Seamus Cannon previously took the freeze. Jason Ford, Joe Canning, Henry Shefflin. So a lot, it's nearly like you have an extra responsibility. Yeah. So you're kind of nearly used to it from your, your underage days. And it's kind of like another job. And, you know, you have a job to do to win a free. Like, you mightn't win maybe eight frees, but you might end up scoring eight points. But the rest of the forwards might have won those frees. So... Like I suppose it's just something you grew up with, so it probably wasn't an added pressure. Like it's not as if the freeze were thrown on your back when you started playing with with Tip Seniors. You probably you would have been taking them underage all up along and that. So you were probably without thinking as you were used to this added job, let's call it. Um, now obviously there's more pressure to them when you're playing in front of maybe forty or forty five thousand, but you know, at the end of the day, and Nicky uh, probably said it to me, he says, get your technique right, your lift and your strike. And nine times out of ten, if you get that uh, perfected right, they'll go where you want them to go. And, um, you know, but it was uh, so... But you probably wouldn't have been thinking like that, Willie, to, to answer your question, to be honest right. with you, you know. Um, and even when I started out, sure, Declan Ryan was full forward. I was in one corner and Larry was in the other. And like Declan, for us, looking at him, he was the main man. You know, and he was uh, crucial when we won the dollar that year, even in the dollar and final, the pass he gave to Mark Leary. So, you know, I suppose we were looking at the pressure was was on Declan, and sure, he was cool and calm. So, who better to be to be leading the attack with the number fourteen jersey on his back? You know.
What, what about you, Nikki? I have to say, we did, the, looking back on some old All-Irelands, and we did the 88 one, um, where you lost to Galway, and I was, I was, how you didn't pull your hair out with some of the ball that was being given into you, and you were run, running around. Um, I don't know how you had the patience for it. I can hardly remember. I never watched that match since, to be honest. Did you not? Uh, and then, no, I, yeah, so, no, it was, it, it, suffocation is kind of an, and, uh, was all very that match. Well, my memory of it is it never just opened up or took off. And yeah, there was there was yeah we were just all in a in a in a bunch and just never we never able to create space really at, at any stage. And I even I, I I can remember thinking after half time we might we might be in a position to win it, but I knew finishing up. I know I just it was anyway. It wasn't it wasn't a good day anyway? That's for sure. Something no. I remember about that. You have you both have two All Irelands. Um, yours are pretty close together, Nicky, and yours are well spread out. On like, I mean, they're not back to back, and I suppose that's a big thing with Tipperary. I know Nicky, I've seen you quoted before about saying why Tipperary can't seem to put a back to back together. Have you? What's your thoughts on it? I just, I mean, we. <clears throat> I, I, I mean, I've, I've had a number of different goals at it. I mean, there, there's different factors every time. I, w- I would have thought really. And, you know, in in like if you take in in say take two thousand and two, I don't I don't I think Tip played pretty well in Munster and actually were getting maybe even a bit bit overconfident and and the Munster final defeat by Waterford actually I thought in 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 retrospect actually was a help in many cases, but you know you were getting to, we got to the other end semi final and, and it was an unbelievable match against Kilkenny, but like you were just running into the, the start of. of you know, Kilkenny really putting a, a really strong team together, and while we got chances to win that match, you know, I, I, like we didn't just. Maybe it's a question of I, I don't know whether the, the same desire was was really there, you know, and and you know that that might just um, uh, hold you up, just it might might just cost you a point or two somewhere along the way. And 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 desire now is a very, it's probably too strong a word to describe it, but just a a, a slight drop off in the needle of of you know, um, effort maybe or, or absolute determination. And, you know, I, I always think that that needle needs to be going to about 110. So you're trying to do something that you've never done before or, you know, you're not even sure you can do it. But by trying to do the 110, you might get near to 100. Whereas everyone gives 100%. And if you're at 100, well, and you're saying you're at 100, well, then you probably get into about 95 or 6. And 95 or 6, just that's maybe 97, but that that little piece at the very top uh, is 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 what caught tip probably in 1990, definitely in 92, no doubt. Um, um, maybe in 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 02, and you know they're they're the ones that that I'd have had the experience with. I, I don't know after that. I mean, almost there in whatever 2011 as well. But it's it's you know we've we've had different times, different things have have impacted change as a manager. Um, so like. I, I don't think it's something that Tipperary can't do, and uh, you know there there are different influences, and and it's not an easy thing to do anyway. I mean, we saw Limerick didn't do it last year. Who would have thought that you know Kilkenny could beat Limerick in the Ireland semi final? There's very few people would have would have would have given you that call going up to that match, and and still you know Limerick got a bad start, were thrown off. Was that because they were overconfident? Who knows? But it it didn't happen to them when. They were six points down the year before against Limerick, or sorry, against Cork in the All Ireland semi final with about ten minutes to go. They found that extra um, wherewithal to, to find a way to get back and get a draw. Whereas with 
way more possession against Kilkenny with not with an All Ireland medal on board, they weren't able to do that. Do you know? So yeah. It's, it's uh, I don't know. It's, it's it's hard to explain. But if you could get over, and and I, I I have a feeling that if you could win a second one, well then it, maybe the third one is easier than the second one, if you know what I mean. But I I, I never I never got that far. <laughs> Come here, Nicky. Thanks very much for taking the call. I, I was saying that I don't I don't often get you on the show a bit like Ron Cody, but when you you guys are talking about your star pupils, there's no hassle at all. Yeah, no problem. And he's certainly one of those anyway. So, anyway, thanks. Thanks a lot, Nicky. Right, yeah, great stuff from Nicky there. Um, just on the 2001 um, win, Owen, like, I mean, it must have been extra special that your brother Paul was on the team, obviously. He both won All-Stars then in 2005, but he missed out on the 2010 win. Yeah, he got injured there in, in, in 2010. So he was on the... He was actually playing okay in the league. It was actually a funny story that that year he was uh, we played a club match against Bally Bacon Grange and he, he broke his leg and I was the captain obviously the same year so so that was I think of a, of a Friday evening so word kind of went around the county that Monohan had played and Kelly had broken his leg and then word filtered around that Owen Kelly had broken his leg and <laughs> the guy from Torlis Michael Hannon and he works in the the hospital there in, in Torlis or the nursing home I'm not sure and a patient called him down and he said bad news Bad news, he said. Um, Owen Kelly's after breaking the leg. You know, I was about to be made captain that year. So the next thing, I think, a couple of hours later, he rang the bell and uh, Michael ran down to tend to him and he said, "Look, he said, great news, brilliant news." He said, "There's brilliant news. It was Paul <laughs> Kelly that broke the leg." He said, no. <laughs> and the person to break your leg. So it's a story I always tell when Paul is around. I don't, I don't think he likes it too much. <laughs> no, look. 2010, um, I was captain. Paul was on the squad, and Paul Corn was playing. So, but there again, it was your three guys from Mullinone involved. And you know, even back in in 2001, it was kind of bittersweet, really. Brian Amara from Mullinone missed out after being sent off, probably unfairly, in the All Ireland semi final, and that was well documented at that time. There was five of us involved. John Lackey was injured the same year. Paul Corn was on the on the extended squad. So. You know, there were probably things that you wouldn't have seen happening in Malone, but it does probably make it extra special when you have club players involved and then when you have family members. So it is it is, it is nice. And, um, you know, Paul was couldn't talk out that day. Obviously, he was injured in that. So Yeah, he, so he has... He, 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 don't, he doesn't like me telling. He won't be impressed with me. <laughs> <laughs> so he, ha- he has his other All-Ireland medal and he, br- he brought the cup back to Mullinahone. You know, he didn't miss out on all of that stuff. He stayed around the squad even though the leg was broken. Yeah, that was it, yeah. That was probably, you know, Liam Sheedy as a manager, once a guy starts off the start of the season, he's involved and, and all in, you know what I mean? So, um, and also, it was a nice way for to finish up for him that year that we did win the All-Ireland too, you know? Yeah, what was that like bringing the cup back to Mullinahone? Actually, that was unbelievable, really. Um, you know, that really, really was special. Um, you know, I suppose, like, people and, like, the stories then you'd hear afterwards that, so back in the 60s, guys were telling me, because so, Mullinone had no involvement really, to get the cup to the village was probably very hard at the time. You know, when you have a player involved, at least you can get it sometimes. Yeah. I remember uh, Joe Tobin, a guy in Mullinone, and he often te- writes a couple of poems and that, but he often tells me that. He remembers in the 60s, Jimmy Dial bringing the cup to Mullinone and just standing there at the top of your usual trailer and just saying like that maybe one day somebody from Mullinone will, will bring it back and ushered in as captain as like that would have been something that they would have never dreamt of. 
and it was it was, it was something special. And you know, people came came from far and wide, and you know, I just remember it was a great night. Like you know, sure, I think I went on at all hours in the morning, and it was definitely something special, you know. And it was, you know, it was up there with probably winning our one and only county final in two thousand and two. So you know, when things like that happen for communities and local parishes, they actually are unbelievable, and to experience them is something great as well but um, how do you, how, you know, do you get, was, how do you get the stamina to keep going the week after winning an All-Ireland as captain because you, you, you'd you be up all night mulling a hole and, and then I'm sure you have to be somewhere else the next day and the next day and the next day yeah sure look it's, it's probably the adrenaline after winning you know and that's why like the fun you have when you win look you have great times and we did as players and that but there's extra fun you have when you win it's just you know some difference we'll say and you know you're just, you're just on an adrenaline buzz really and I suppose then we had probably about 10 days, definitely a week or 10 days, and then you were back down to the, the club scene and that. And yeah, that's, and that's probably one thing. You know, when a team wins an All-Ireland, the cup is going regularly around the place. And it probably does lose a small bit of hunger for the following season. Nicky probably mentioned it there, you know, but yeah, we got back to the final in 11 then. So I suppose being captain in 10, to get back to the final in 11 and probably be beaten as, as a captain was you know you've probably seen both sides of it, but um, you know there were there were there were special times to be getting taller in finals because as I said to you previously to that we had been knocked out early in quarterfinals and that and you know and probably getting to those finals nine ten eleven were definitely based on the quality of players that came through in oh six and oh seven off that them successful Tipperary minor teams and uh, you know they were they were really a driving force but eleven was probably. Disappointing, but um, you know, so you've seen both sides of it. But ten is probably something that will live live long in the memory, and definitely the people among on. They you know they often talking to that. They remember that that day, that night, and special special time. Yeah. So Nicky was talking about losing the Munster final in two thousand and two. Then you missed out on two years of not getting to a final, and you were back in two thousand and five, and your opponents were Cork. So it's about time we brought Dermot O'Sullivan um, in on the line. How's it going, Rock? Good, Colin, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad. We were talking here about the Munster final in 05 and of course the first thing um, jumps out at me is Cork knowing they're coming up against Owen Kelly who's a scoring machine and they had to resort to cheating to stop him from scoring. Cheating, cheating. <laughs> we wouldn't lower to that level or it might be something you'll be used to up your way, right? But what we call it don't know, is is doing everything we can to be successful, right? Gamesmanship one. There's a small bit of a difference now, right, between what, what you're what, what you're throwing at me, right? And at the accusations and gamesmanship. So we all we all know we all know this rock. It's the two Klein fellas are thick as thieves, and we have Don Logue saying in his autobiography, if we had been awarded a penalty or given away a penalty, we were to create a bit of commotion, a diversion through which to get the right ball in play. If we conceded a penalty, I'd get rid of the match ball in use at the time, and the dud ball would be rolled in, never handed over. That's the part I like the best. Never handed over, rolled in, so it would, would it would appear to be lying on the grass waiting to pick to be picked up. There was nothing obvious. It would just appear there. That's a fair statement, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so think about think think about this now for a second, right? Think about this now for a second. You're fa- you like if you had to face a penalty, right? From from a, not only from Roy Kelly, right, but a, a man nicknamed, right? Wait, wait for this now, right? So think of all these things going through your head. He was nicknamed the Son of God, right? <laughs> right. So you're here in Cork 
thinking, the son of God, what's going to happen if this man gets a penalty in three weeks' time? You have to do whatever, you, you do whatever you take. You do whatever it takes. The, the, so great, it was, the, the great thing, Owen, is that it had Tipperary written on it, the dud ball. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even. It was it was it was, it was a potato I'd say is what I picked up, but I knew straight away. I knew straight away it was a good ball. But if I had my chance back again, I would have poked it out over the black rock there. But you know, in the heat of battle, and as well, that's why it was rolled out. You just kind of got on with it, and I, the rims. Like you often hear hurlers and free takers talking about the rims on the ball, like the lower the rims, the nicer the strike, you know, the nicer the slitter. But the rims on this were the size of the actual slitter. And I think it was like I just hit fresh air. And surprised Don Logue didn't catch the ball, but he just controlled it. And then he just, I think it was a pre-planned move then that it would be fed out towards John Gardner, who fed it up the wing towards Kieran Murphy. And never mind missing the penalty. In about 20 <laughs> seconds, there was a roar to Cork round because the ball was gone over the bar and Cork had another score on the board. Like, But look, do you know what? It was gas. Got educated that day by the Rock and Don Logue because we actually played golf in the quarter final after that, and I had I had a ball pre-planned uh, with with Larry Carver if we got a penalty or two on our free, and he brought me in a ball uh, in that quarter final. I think it was a ping pong ball end up or a golf ball <laughs> end up in, in that day. So I got a, a quick education off the court, <laughs> You learn every day. You learn something new every day, on and that is. I definitely did that day. So, so this is it, uh, Sully. In in two thousand and six, when he got a penalty, you went running from full back up to the penalty taker with the ball in your with the, with again one of your favoured uh, balls in your in your shorts. It, yeah, well, I didn't go running right. I walked again right. <laughs> I just strolled running. No, for me, you know, would be a bit of an exaggeration, right? So we we we, step, we we slow it down as well. A nice brisk walk up through the centre of the field, yeah. Casually holding it perfectly, as one said. Prime slitter, lovely rims, no way to be stopped. And come here, oh, did you try that again with the with the with the golf ball, or was it just against Galway that time? Uh, no, it was I think it was just against Galway that day. It was just an old, an old Cummins ball, but it was lovely. It was rock hard like, and it was it was just great power in the shot, like you know, but. Um, no, I suppose that day, like, it was in Parky Keeve. It was probably our first time playing Cork in the Monster Final, like, this since 2000. You know, I'm looking at that Cork team at, at that time. Yeah, at that time, that Cork team, the experience he had of Monster Finals and that, you know, it was just it was a learning curve for a few of us of those guys because that was our first Monster Final since probably all, all two ourselves, like, you know, and we'd probably right. a different team really playing, playing that day. But, um, Probably only used it once or twice since because look, I think the rock says it there. Like I need to change the slitters even back to Richie Bennis and Babs and those in those days. Like you know, it was very obvious coming in. But I think as you said, when they were rolling in the slitter, oh, it was really. taking away that that obvious. But I, I knew when I picked it up, I said, "Oh my God, what is this?" <laughs> <laughs> and did you say it to the but referee? Like, I think I did. But look, when the crowd is roaring and then it's you know time time it went on because I think I started a small little shamazu. So the clock was ticking and it was kind of just let, let's get this penalty taken quick or we're going to hold up the whole game. And as I said, yeah. then when Kieran, Kieran Murphy lofted the ball over the bar, I'll tell you, I, I felt very low then. You, <laughs> but that was, that was an incredible monster final though. Like we, we raced into a big lead on, if you remember, and it was only just the date that 
that Tommy Dunn didn't get a goal to, to put you ahead. Like, remember us? It was it was one of yeah. the warmest days of that year. Yeah, no, you weren't about one thirteen to about five points ahead, and we made a yeah. few changes in the half forward line, and it would have made a big difference. And we got it back to about four points. And Tommy Dunn that day was he he was reaching out, and I think you got a hook in on him, Rock, wasn't it? And, and right at the bitter end, by right at the bitter end, yeah. You were actually very fired up that day, Owen. For I was looking at the highlights of that. Um, you went four two up, like you were you were selling, you were punching the air. And even when you were one thirteen to five points, or you were a good bit down, you got a great point, kind of threw it out behind you, and you celebrated that as well. And I was thinking, watching it, Jesus, you know, they're a good bit behind. You know, at this stage, you must have been yeah. really fired up. Yeah, well, it was at half time. Like in you know, all the manager, half time, like he would have said to us, "Look, that's one thirteen to five points." we can't have this you know like so there would have been a few harsh words and you know like Cock were a super team then and they probably took the foot off the pedal after half time and we just kind of roared back into it and we got a goal then you know we got one uh, right. over the line and um, so it just lifted us and then once you get momentum you know once you get momentum in these games and I suppose every time we attacked we scored I think my own brother Paul had a super game midfield he scored he did. in midfield he was, you know, he was yeah. incredible that day he was incredible that day and all those scores in the crowd were getting behind us and Neil Rowan actually made a massive impact when he came on I think he might have scored a couple of points at the other end which just settled Cork down but look Cork were definitely five or six points a better team and they went on to, to win the All-Ireland that year and put back to back which is, is, is was an amazing achievement in those times you know I know Rock uh, Brian Murphy used to pick up Owen but I'm sure there was times when you'd be they'd be shuffling around and you'd be you'd end up on him what was it like marking him like for me watching him playing if he got the ball in his hands it was lights out look I pick up I think I first saw Owen right I, I, you might correct me if I'm right here on you played in 1996 I think down the park with a South Tipperary team under 16 maybe would I be right in saying that that's correct yeah 90, 95-96 I remember going to that game right and there, there was talks my brother my own brother was playing with, with him Achilles. they played South Tip in, in under 16 championship I remember going to the game we have to go out to see this lad Owen Kelly that's all that was the talk right and that's not blowing on up he knows exactly what I think of him but like from that day on right it was you know, he go down. Look, he's he's third in the all-time scoring list. He go down. He's, he go down as one of the greats. Did I have tussles with him? Absolutely. You know, but every time Owen was like me, he relished the challenge. If I knew if I was coming up against the caliber player of Owen's caliber and his credentials, I knew that brought the best out of me. It had to bring the best out of me. Not only was he was he a temporary hurler, but he was classed as one of one of the the top players in the game. So. I, the competitive nature on any player will tell you, as well you know, right? You, ha- you you'll do whatever it takes. You'll want to get the best out of yourself. And you know, the couple of times we did, we we had incredible battles, both individually and collectively as a group down through the years. You know. Yeah. No, you definitely did. Come here. Oh, look, one of the features of your kind of play was well, the, one of the first fellas I saw doing it was kind of throwing the ball up away from the goals and being able to hook it back again towards the goals. You know, you obviously evolved that not to get blocked down. But when did you start practising on that? I suppose, like um, anything, I think I would have seen maybe even Ken McGrath that we'll say around 98. You know, when he started off on the scene there, he was kind of playing centre-forward and that. He's definitely a player I would have admired. You know, he could do anything. And, you know, he was kind of off-the-cuff player. So I suppose like any young fellow, he would have been practising that down the pitch then. And So maybe, look, when you're not the fastest then, you're not going to always get past the guy. So you have to have a plan B and... You know, like the goalposts don't really move. Like, so if you can perfect this, 
you know, shot over the shoulder and look, if they score if you score in the grave when you miss them, it's well, what are you at like? But it's just probably something you would have probably just worked on and you know, I suppose getting out look, get any space from a defender at that level and especially like the Brian Murphy and, and these guys, you know, you're just gonna maybe if you get a, a space in any direction, you're just gonna try and swing it with the wrist and that. But uh that's probably something you would have just um, instinctively done then in, in games and that. And you know, when when The Rock talks about that Cork team, like, you know, he'd even tell you, like, there was a player there, Wayne Sherlock, probably that doesn't get the recognition. He was an unbelievable defender, you know, and he was probably just fighting for a cornerback position with Pat Mulcahy and, and Brian Murphy. But you look at that Cork half back line then, they'll be spoken about too when you when you mention teams. So, but the Cork defence that The Rock played on and that. So as temporary forwards back then, like you only had a, a bare, a bare second maybe to do your thing when you got the position, and uh, you know maybe it was a necessity. I needed to get rid of the ball at the time, Woolly, but look, it, it worked a few days, and uh, you know it's probably one of the skills you've seen someone doing, and you just go practicing yourself then. Yeah, so that's it. So like, I mean, I I interviewed uh, Patrick Horgan uh, last year and I was asking him about it because he's brilliant at it as well, Rock. And it's, yeah. it's funny Owen saying he saw Ken McGrath doing it. I didn't actually ask who pa- Patrick Horgan saw doing it, but I'd say Owen Kelly would be high up on the list. Yeah, look, I, I, and I remember when Owen said, when you start talking about it, like Ken McGrath in three years and he's he's 100% right, but you know what? It just shows, it just, just, just goes to show the adaptability that Owen had as a player. You know, I don't. I think he underestimated his speed a small bit because as he, he was like me, he was blessed with big, strong old legs. We were lucky enough that way on. But you know, had to improvise in games, and some of them scores he got over his shoulder. It, like the, the the technique and the power it takes, not only off the throw off the shoulder, but to strike the ball off the wrist and get a get a full strike through. Will you think guys yeah. underestimate underestimate looking at it the sheer the the sheer strength actually it takes from a guy to actually be able to do that. You know, it's an incredibly hard skill and it just goes to show you a guy is willing to to adjust and do whatever it takes. As you said, because we'd ferocious defenders, teams around us, other teams around us said there's ferocious defenders. He played against some serious, trained against serious players himself night after night, you know, so he knew he had to adapt and, and adapt to better. A guy who can adapt is a sign of a great player. No, it definitely, um, definitely is. Kamir, I want to mention your goal in 2008 uh, against Cork, right in front of the Cork supporters. Oh, and, uh, in fairness, Brian Murphy w- did his job perfectly. He stopped you on your on your left-hand side, and then you got turned around onto your right. That must be the best goal you ever scored, is it? So looking back now, it, it was. And, you know, it was to beat the keeper caliber, no long number one. And, you know, even the Cork supporters out, you know, uh, flowing out of the terrace had something special to it. Um, so we were down at that time. I think it was about one seven to three points we were behind. And yeah, you know, very teams had a bad record of going down to Parky Keeve and playing Cork. So well, we were down and out again after winning the league that year, and it wasn't looking great. And you know, I probably just caught it, and I don't know, was it just being headstrong, just wanting a goal at that stage? Like, you know, just ended up one on one inside with Brian Murphy, and I just put the head down and probably on the swivel then just connected perfectly and you know probably four points in it then and next thing we, we it changed the momentum in the game we put four points over the bar then I think we went in something like right. maybe a pint down or went in level 1-8 to 1-7 and that was the, probably the winning of the game that day for us but uh, you know you probably, probably there the moments that you know when people talk about him and that Jesus, yeah I remember that now and you know it, it was a great goal to score but um was look when you
you go on and win, then it makes it extra special. If you score the goal that day and your team lost, you know it's not it's not as nice. But uh, it's probably the one time Rock you weren't in the square and uh, you weren't protecting yeah. the ball there inside in that square. So we got out the game. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> pretty fair, Kiri. You didn't limit the fair. You did, you fucking, you'd be clear clever that day, right? You, you put Lara in there and Lara went the way out around the half hour in midfield and he took me for a, a bit of fresh air in the park and fucking hell. Turned around by Swords and by were after getting in the behind us. But hey, like hey, Come on. Uh-huh. Go on there. No, I was just going to say, like, as you said, right, it was a very astute move. Like, brought Larry and I spent very little time in the edge of the square that day because fucking Lara was everywhere. He was in, he was out, he was over, he was back. You know, and he, he did. If, if like, okay, would it have been? Would the result have been any different if I wasn't there? I wouldn't think so. You know, you can't you can't take from away from a goal of that caliber. Really, to be honest. What, what did you think when you saw that going in, um, Rock? Because, like I said, uh, Brian had done everything right. Are you thinking, holy shit? Would you appreciate oh. a goal like that in the middle of a game? Like, what would you be thinking when a goal like that goes in? You're still playing a championship match. Oh, like in the middle of a championship game, I mean, you think like a guy who can, you know, who can produce that, like it's it's just an incredible moment. Like like Murph stood him up, he stood him up unbelievably well. You know, he stood him up, he forced him out, but like oh, and sheer strength. Right, one thing, one thing, one, one thing you should notice about that goal, right? And you'll probably you'll agree with me on Brian Murphy got probably too close to him, right? Yeah. So when Brian Murphy got too close to him. It allowed Owen and his power to push him away to turn back onto his right. If you watch it again, right, as a defender, sometimes you're just going to get sucked too close. And Murph, by the letter of the law, 100%, he did everything correct. He bottled him up. He, he put him away from goals. But just at the last second, Owen drew close to him. And he used his... And good forwards do it. They'll come to a defender and then they'll use their momentum to push him off and create that space. It, it, it's just, you know, and the finish... What can you say about the finish? Top into the top corner, quality. Yeah, yeah. Was that it? Was that it, Owen? Like you like the defender getting close to you, you'd use your strength to push them off. Whereas if they stood a yard off you, well, I suppose you had the over-the-shoulder trick then. <laughs> you see, you, yeah. you caught both ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose in in that instance, uh, the rock is hundred percent right. Like he probably came very near, and so Dixon Ryan is gas. Dixon Ryan used to be brilliant for that too. He'd bring the defender in, and he'd just give him a quick shot of the shoulder to give him that space just to get his shot off and look I think these things are instinctive they just happen you know and I agree with you Brian Murphy done everything right like he was goal side you know he was keeping out like and I suppose it was the only option I had just to swivel and hit and uh, you know just looking up I got the power power in, in the shot but um, you know these things are instinctive and you don't have you have a split second to think about them and as I say when they work out they're great like and, and, I, and it was that there and I suppose personally that win must have been huge. It was like, I think, 85 years without a, a championship win um, down in Cork. And you were coming off a, a poor year for yourself personally. You know, Babs' last year, that's been well documented. You know, t- to to go down in, in 2008 and win down there and score a goal like that. That was it. And as I said to you, you know, score a goal like that, but we won. And then we were into the Monster Final and we won the Monster Final. So... You know, and that was Lynch Sheedy's first year as manager with Eamon O'Shea and Michael Ryan. So, you know, we felt that the curve was going upwards with that team, you know. And I suppose, you know, water beaters then in the Ireland. But, you know, to get a win over Cork, all those little things were were feeding the team with confidence in that, you know. And were well, you were captain that day, Owen? Uh, I was the captain that day, yeah. Paul you were Ryan captain was captain that day, weren't you, yeah? 
Kavir, we're going to finish up with a quick fire round. Um, Owen, I've got 10 questions and we're not going to spend too long on them. We'll just run down through them. Um, so question number one is, if you weren't playing for Tipperary, what county would you like to have played for? Dublin, I'd say. All right, very uh, Dublin, yeah. And I suppose there was just a team that, you know, when they got going with Ireland too, the crowd started getting behind them. And oh, look, it would have been lovely to have seen Dublin winning an All-Ireland and probably got a chance maybe in 2013 and that. But... Uh, you know, and uh, we're a team that were well looked after too when they're playing days. <laughs> yeah, you could have the hill chanting your name. That would be nice, right? <laughs> okay, question number two. What was your worst ever game? I uh, had a couple of them. Every player does. Um, I suppose I could go back to the 2003 uh, qualifier against Galway where I was taken off that day and Ollie Canning was marking me and ended up scoring a point off me. He was corner back, but I think every ball, every... Where I turned, the ball bounced and Ali Kenning was onto it and was lucky with the corner back. He was previously playing as a corner forward, now playing as a corner back, so he knew all the tricks in the book. But usually a corner back goes in and marks you. He came in and he stood about four yards in front of me and just went to hurling for today. And, you know, it was, uh, it was a nightmare. I remember I was taking off in the second half, so probably one of the worst days I had. Right, OK. So number three might be an easy one then. Your most difficult opponent. Yeah, I can I can put him in the top bracket. You can put JJ Delaney, um, Tommy Walsh. You know, I really thought Wayne Sherlock from Cork was an unbelievable player as well. But suppose Ollie Canning would definitely give me trouble any days. I would have uh, marked him. And as I said, he played he played corner back differently. He was out in front and just played the ball. And then he was a great defender as well, technique wise and all that. But um, he'd probably be your, your top defender. Right. Okay. And you would have marked Tommy Walsh, would you, a few times? Well, not directly. He was never corner back, but you know, you would have came across him. We'll say, you know, he certain plays. He makes a big jump, or if the wing forward was gone, and that you like, you wouldn't. He dropped back and yeah. far, far away in your opportunity. Let's call it. But uh, you know, he was he was a good player. Now, okay, number four. If you could sign one player for Tipperary during your time, who would it be? Well, I suppose during my time, I give a lot of our years with Tip. Maybe when we were probably lacking uh, forwards, you know, we were probably trying to make defenders trying to turn him into forward so as well Henry Sheffield was at the peak of his powers you know he was an unbelievable player like you know so he'd probably be one that you'd, you'd have no no problem in, in signing um, and look he was a leader a scorer and you know he was probably a big big team player like he was very unselfish the amount of goals he made for other guys was incredible so you'd have to put him top of the list Okay number five your favourite position and your best position uh, favourite position I would always like centre forward uh, you're in the play um, you know you kind of can sit off the centre back and that so I probably would like centre forward but I played most of my Ireland right corner forward so that's probably my, my best position but uh, any time I got out centre forward I would have enjoyed it as well Right you wouldn't have gone out centre forward much for tip would you? Would that be more Mullen the Hone? No yeah more Mullen but the idea I got out there with tip now not probably as much as I might have liked like you know um, got out there in 05 a bit and I enjoyed it out there but Probably was always seen as an inside, inside guy, but uh, probably, probably more involved in the action than probably the, the new type centre forward is. He's sitting off the centre back and he's going to be the link man now for the play and that, you know. And but you know, probably always you see they're always in the play, whereas and you're not. It's not as much a, a wrestling match nearly corner forward these days. Is nearly you know it's nearly more tackling and it's uh, there's more space out centre forward. I suppose that's what I'm trying to say. Right, okay, so the hardest, dirtiest, I mean dirtiest in the nicest possible way a player you've marked. Yeah, I, um, 
any of those Kilkenny guys were were the hardest. Were the hardest, uh, without a doubt. You know, um, and look, if if there was any way you went mixing with them, with them they'd give it back twice as good. But they never went out intentionally that way. But the dirty player I probably came across was in the two thousand and one uh, All Ireland semi final. Rory Mallon probably might remember when was Connor back. He had a two tone helmet that day. And I remember he just came out, and I don't even know that he know there was a ball in play like he was niggling <laughs> and all that you know so he was probably one of the dirtiest and I met him after the match and he was, shook hands and he was grand you know what I mean I never met him since or anything like that but I, I don't know that he know there was a ball in play that day like but he was just <laughs> constant he was constant from minute one to the nearly when the game was over um, so he had no interest in the ball that day but that's some, some days that's the cornerback's job but uh, no he was probably if you want to call it a dirty, because he had no interest in the ball that day. All right, number seven, the best advice a manager ever gave you? Um, I suppose it's just, look, maybe Nicky English that day would take him to freeze. That's probably it. You know, just crunch game, just go out there, and I don't give a damn where you hit it. Just take your, your time, get your technique right. So that was probably the best advice I've got. No other than that, managers give you the which is just play with freedom, go out and then just just attack the ball, and, and that's kind of it. But you know that was that advice was was specific to a job that I had that day, so it's probably one of the best pieces of advice I ever got. Okay, number eight, the Kilkenny player you most admired, two thousand and nine to two thousand and fourteen. That right? Yeah, I, I'd say I'd say Tommy Walsh. Um, I found he was the heartbeat of that Kilkenny team. Um, just his play, his energy, his tackling, his aggression. Just found, and that's what I say about him, the heartbeat of that team. Like when Tommy Walsh had hit the ball, the crowd had electrified. They could really get behind him and the team. And you know, so he was, for me, he was the heartbeat of that team. All right. What other manager would you have liked to have played under? You know, you hear all the stories about Brian Cody, like, so, you know, you'd probably like to ex- experience the likes of, of his management. You know, it seems to be fairly, uh, fairly ruthless and. So you know, I'd say by all accounts, even in the off season, he's on top of guys. So no, I suppose look, he's probably one of the most successful managers I ever had. So you'd like like to have seen what what it's like to be under him, you know. Okay, and number ten, where do you keep your medals and your all stars and your old jerseys? Yeah, they're they're at home in in my mum and dad's house. And um, you know, it's true as well. This these COVID nineteen times, you're cleaning out and you're coming upon a bit of memorabilia and that. Like you're trying to tidy up things and that. So. Um, it's probably something it's probably something will be honest with you I didn't really know where they are and I'd have to go looking to put them all together I don't have too many of them so that'd be an easy job but do you, do you have no, not do you, do, you, do you have your All-Stars on display in your house even or your All-Ireland jerseys or anything like that no I don't to be honest with you um, and you know, I suppose I, I, I have my own house now but you know I would have moved a couple of times with houses and that so no, they're at home, my mum and dad's house, so probably maybe in the next year or two. Just, oh, get them up there. Them up in there. Yeah, exactly, because yeah, I think they're probably gathering dust at this stage at home. But, you know, it's, uh, no, I just, we would have always just left them at home and, and that case. And, you know, you don't think much about them when they win these medals and that, you know what I mean? So, probably only as the years go on, that's when lads maybe try to tidy the thing up and, and, and keep them and put them together, you know. Yeah, exactly. Come here, Owen. Thanks very much for giving us all your time. Like I said, Tipperary legend, Tipperary's all-time top scorer with 21,368. Thanks for giving us an hour, probably 20 minutes at this stage of your time. Column, no problem at all.
And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So I opened up. We're only the small little fish out there, so we are on that. We're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because, like, I'm hard, I'm heartbroken. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.